Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and our producer, Lindsay. We are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio today in Moses Lake, Washington, and super excited for this week because it is Thanksgiving. And with that, a reminder, um, of what we should be thankful for. So um, be thinking of that, be thinking about what you're grateful for this week because it's a big list for me. I know that for sure. And one thing I'm thankful for is our listeners and our viewers of this podcast. I really appreciate you guys watching and listening. Uh, we've been doing this for over a year now. We are almost on episode 100. In fact, I think this is episode 99, I believe. And so episode 100 will be Wednesday, actually, because Thursday, which is our normal midweek podcast day, it will be we'll be enjoying it with our family. So um, we have it on Wednesday, and Wednesday, Dr. Daniel Paul, he is a orthopedic surgeon, and he has Easy Orthopedics in Colorado, and he will be talking about his direct care service for orthopedics and why he went that route. You don't want to miss that one because, you know, orthopedics gets a really bad rap about being expensive. And of course, the doctors are the ones that usually are blamed for the expense of it. When in reality, the doctors aren't the ones that really control most of the healthcare costs. Um, although, if you watch our podcast enough, you realize that they are the ones that should start being in charge more. And that's starting to happen. And that's exactly what Dr. Daniel Paul did is he opened his own practice. So um, he doesn't, he's not an accessory to the crime of the incredible gouging of hospital-based prices um, with orthopedic surgery. So don't want to miss out on that one. Um, it, we, will, we will be on 8 to 9 a.m. Uh, Wednesday. Don't miss out. And we always stream live on Facebook, my personal Facebook page, and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site. Don't miss us on the other podcast forums, too, because we are on them, iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, Google Play, all those. So go to those sites. Please like the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site. We're getting a lot more followers there and a lot more comments. So please um, continue to do so and let us know if you, um, what you think of our episodes and it, what other topics you'd like to see. With that, um, I will lead into our discussion today. And we've had both these guests on before. I'm super excited to have them on. Again, in fact, Shane, my twin brother Shane, has been was in our inaugural podcast on type 1 diabetes and how he helped to uh, control his son's diabetes, not necessarily through drug therapy, although he's a type 1 diabetic, so he does need insulin for sure. But diet and exercise are so important. And today we're going to have, we're going to be talking about dieting through the holidays. And, you know, we've talked about this before. And Shane actually, um, actually, I co coined this term. I don't think he, it's original to him, but um, I got it from him. We don't like calling it diet because that just assumes that, um, it's kind of temporary. So he likes to say way of eating. So, and I, and I like that term a lot better, although in reality it is a diet and it's a diet for life. We all have diets for life, whether we're in a weight loss phase or, or, um, you know, no matter what kind of phase we're in, our diet is, is so important. And of course we have Tasha on today and she is an expert in, um, bariatric surgery and bariatric diets, and she follows up with hundreds and thousands of patients um, to help them, to prevent them from regaining the weight. And she has a special program this holiday dedicated to um, weight regain or 
hopefully lack thereof, um, in um, bariatric patients. So Tasha, without further ado, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about your, your program for helping people eat healthy through the holidays. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, yep, so I started a Happy Healthy uh, Holiday Program. This is the first year of doing this. It's a seven-week program that I designed to help clients really because uh, I'm from obesity, right? So we spent many, many years in overindulging and enjoying the holidays a little too much. So what I'm having them do in my group, and there's 70 in there right now, is really formulating a game plan of uh, how to stay on track, how to, you know, tackle the family members that may be triggers for us, and really creating a game plan and teaching them how to really work their plate. Because a lot of times, you know, we'll just dish up our plate and we just eat. We never put our fork down in between bites. We don't visit with our company. Uh, we don't focus on our protein first. We're enjoying the snacks before the dinner. And so I'm really teaching them how to walk themselves through the holiday. And at the end of the day, just really feel good about winning it and getting ready, you know, to tackle Christmas and New Year. So really excited to run this program and see what my first year weight loss results are, or just even having them maintain their weight would be perfect as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So help me out with the uh, family members. So family members should be on part of our way of eating. Is that what you're saying? That they should be instrumental in helping us achieve those goals? Is that correct? Well, I think, I think we all have the holidays, I think, bring out sometimes the worst. And I think um, I know for me that I have a couple family members that um, I just don't really get along that well with. So they trigger me. And when they trigger me, my brain is automatically going to want to go towards automatic and do what I had done 36 years of my life, which is eight. So it, it, I think what it does is it triggers my anxiety and then that triggers me to want to eat. So I'm teaching them how to how to tackle the situations with family members that may be a trigger for you and trigger your stress and anxiety, which then triggers you wanting, you know, to take it out on the food or the snacks or the cocktails or whatever there. Awesome. Thank you for that, um, Tasha. Uh, we'll get into more of the details of your plan a little bit later in the show. So Shane, what are your thoughts coming into Thanksgiving and eating? You, you, we were talking before the show that um, you know you got some wrestlers in your house and so they can't overindulge anyway. And I can definitely uh, tell you how I relate to that because um, I remember those days when I couldn't indulge in Thanksgiving or Christmas because of um, wrestling, I had to make weight. So tell us what your thoughts are, Shane. Yeah, well, hey, thanks for having me on your show, Sean. And it's, it's awesome to already listen to Tasha and, and that certainly the holidays can be a struggle. And what I can say is, you know, Sean and I also grew up in a, in a home where obesity was celebrated, where um, food was celebrated. And I absolutely do not celebrate food at all in my house anymore. And I can tell you some of the things that I do, you have to have a big vision of why. And my why in my life, my vision is glorify God and leave a legacy for my kids. So when I make any decision ever in anything I do, I always try to see, does it line up with that vision? In any kind of a business decision, a recreational decision, a parent decision, does it line up with that vision? 
And you, you talk about the wrestling. And as a wrestling coach, um, I've had this conversation with parents. One of the things that parents say in our obese world is, I don't want my kid cutting weight. So I actually, I actually changed our term in the room. We were not allowed to call the, the, the term cutting weight. We called it weight management. And what I would tell the parents is, I'm on weight management. And I will be on weight management the rest of my life. It's not about cutting weight. It's about weight management. And it's about what is interesting. My son and I celebrate about the same time for our birthdays. He had a birthday party. I had a birthday party. We all came. um, He had friends over. And he's like, because he eats like I do now. He eats high protein, very um, minimal carbohydrate, very low processed food. He's like, Dad, I don't even want a cake. I said, yeah, I know you don't want a cake, but your friends will want a cake. So his friends ate the cake. He didn't eat it. And, and uh, I had some cake, and even a friend of mine brought over a cake for me, and we ate some of it, and then guess what? We throw the rest of it away in the garbage can. We make cupcakes with my, I make cupcakes with my boys. It's not about the food. It's about the event. We might eat a few. And we throw the rest of the 30 in the garbage can. And it's a really good process to do that. And if you watch people, I, I study bodies for a living. I mean, I'm a bodybuilder and, and, I, and I'm a nutritionist. And I've just always been interested in how people eat. And I watch how people who are overweight eat and people who aren't, aren't overweight eat. I watched what Tasha was talking about, filling your plate. I watch a very good friend of mine. She fills her plate, eats half of it, and she's done. I wasn't taught to do that. <laughs> and, but I can tell you this, you know, she's uh, very thin, very, very thin. And so, and, and healthily thin. And I don't think we, most of us are taught that, but it's a decision. Food should not be a celebration. It absolutely should not be a celebration. It's substance. And there's always going to be a reason, reason for celebrating. And what I teach my children is we're celebrating our time together. We'll celebrate in an event, but we're not celebrating with food ever. So that's kind of the, 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 the box I put around myself that helps me in the bigger picture. Yeah, and I think one of those things to remember is that, you know, just like you're saying, we, we really were designed to eat to live, not to live to eat. I mean, we were just eating. We're really designed to stay alive. Food is just to sustain us. It is fuel and fuel alone to sustain us. And we shouldn't celebrate it all the time, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, Throwing away food when it's on your plate is, I know it's difficult for us. Um, I know it's difficult for me because it's not the way I was trained necessarily when I was growing up. And honestly, I didn't train my kids that way. Now, here's what is interesting is it it's so symbolic. When you can take that food or leftovers in a restaurant, instead of taking them home, just you know, say, no, I don't want it. They can take it. They can throw it away. That's really, really actually symbolic. It's very symbolic. So Janet, what do you have to add to this conversation? Being a, being a mother of, of two kids that eat very differently, especially early on in their lives. Right. So, um, for me and my background, um, my mother was a baker and she made, um, candies and all kinds of pies and all that uh, that ties in with the holiday or with an event. And so um, one of the first things that we eliminated at our house is I just don't do that. So if it's not there, if it's not bought, and if it's not brought home, it's not a challenge. Um, I personally um, don't have too much problem with sweets, but I love cookies. So the cookies aren't there. 
we just don't bring them in. And I think with our children over time, as we uh, had to learn some lessons and relearn, um, they started making their own decisions. We encouraged that, but um, it it took time. Um, also, I think one of the things that helped is that um, when your parents are living what you're preaching to your kids, that made a big difference. And so, you know, they see dad eating healthy or making healthy choices. Um, it followed through with, with my boys making those decisions too. So um, it comes from the top down when it's a house. And I think you have to um, stick to a game plan. I'm hearing that with Tasha too, a game plan. And, and personally, my game plan for the holidays is I don't bake. It's not that I don't enjoy and, and like some of the things that are made, but I just don't do it. And the other thing that we do at our house is, is um, we kind of do an, an a buffet type situation where you load your plate and you go sit in the dining room. So you have to physically get up, leave the room, go to another room if you're going to put more on your plate. And it's amazing how many times that doesn't happen just because it's in a different room. Great tips for sure. So Tasha, tell us a little bit about a little bit more about the details of your program. Is it is there um, some general guidelines that you have, or is it more individual per person? Um, tell us a little bit about that. No program. So everybody's kind of following um, this the same kind of procedure. Normally, in a lot of my programs, they are more to the person, but since this is being ran in a group, uh, we started with visualization. So last week we all visualized uh, how we wanted our holidays to go. You know, what what did we want them to look like? What did we want them to feel like? And then this week, uh, just a couple hours ago, I kicked off with our nutrition. So what is our game plan? And a couple of the things that I spoke about was um, you we, we kind of serve like buffet style too in my family. And my mom puts out the big spoons to dish up. So I'm teaching my people, since they are all bariatric, is just take a tablespoon. Mm -hmm. Don't use the big spoon. Take a tablespoon and dish up. And think about over the holidays, what do I want to enjoy and what do I mind passing up? And just a couple small tweaks like working your plate, eating two bites of your protein to one bite of everything else will save the day for many of them because they won't overeat. Because you guys can imagine how you feel when you overeat. As a bariatric, it is very, very, very painful and miserable if we overeat because we have 20% of the stomach that you guys have. So we kicked off the nutrition about, you know, how how can we prepare? If our dinner is at two, three o'clock, then we may need to make ourselves a little healthy breakfast to tide us over so that we don't feel like we're starving and then we overeat. So that's kind of what we kicked off today. My whole program is all about um, just tips and tricks and strategies. And really, um, I kicked it off with letting them know at the end of this eight weeks, they're not going to think the same. They're going to think about the holidays differently. They're going to think about their plates differently. They're going to think about how they handle things differently because this is what we're working on for two months and just small little chunks for the next two months with them. And so the engagement has been really, really cool um, to see how they're engaging, the work that they're doing, the mindset work that they're doing. And I'm super excited to see how they tackle Thanksgiving Day. 
That's awesome. Yeah, it's really all about mindful eating and um, being mindful of our portions. That's really what what you're talking about. And of course, um, being bariatric, focusing on protein. And we could argue that that's important for everybody. And it it is, um, but I don't want to get into that debate for this conversation, or maybe Shane will, I don't know. But but, uh, it's about portion control. And um, Shane, if you had to give one tip over health for healthy eating over the holidays and things to avoid, what would that be? Yeah, well, I like the portion control. I like about substance and food is substance. And anybody who's been around me, Sean can say this. Um, my friends can say this. I'm never hungry and I'm always hungry. I'm always eating. And so I eat every two and a half hours. I, I, I am a, I'm a bodybuilder. That's one of the many things I do, not for a living, but it's a passion of mine. And so I'm eating every two and a half, three hours. So I, and sometimes I you never have a hamburger you know, in your pocket on a chair. Yeah, I was just gonna, just in case. Absolutely. And without the bun, of course, but yeah, I'll have a burger that I have to eat. And what that does is that keeps my insulin levels very stable. And it keeps me um, very satiated. So if I'm going to, whenever, and yes, when I travel with people and they're not used to eating and watching my lifestyle, you know, um, a good friend of mine, she's always like, oh, you better get something to eat before we get in the car. Yes. I, I I always have to be that way. Otherwise, I might make poor choices. But I'm always trying to have as as much food in me as possible. And you talk about mindful eating is I... Every day, every single day, I know how much protein I'm having and how many carbohydrates I'm adding, having. And, and my fat level depends um, just about uh, what time of year and if I'm off season or I'm preparing for a bodybuilding show or something. So I don't really monitor my fat, but I don't not monitor it. I, I don't really worry about fat, but I want to get as much protein as possible because that's obviously muscle building and it's very satiating. So if we're going to go to a holiday party so or a, a celebration or something, and this is this is even... I even do this before I go to dinners at people's houses because I am actually a very respectful person. I'll eat at least a little bit of everything somebody puts in front of me unless I'm pre-contest or something and then I've got to bring my food. But I'll, you know, I'll drink lots of water before I go. I'll um, have a, a protein snack before I go. And I usually, when I go to some kind of a party or if I'm going to be gone for three, four, five hours, I'm going to bring protein shakes or beef jerky. It's going to be in my pocket. And I think everybody that knows me has seen that before. I'll be at conferences and I'm just chewing on beef jerky, you know, during the conference. And so, so that's what I do. Just very, very mindful. I mean, I wake up and I know exactly what I'm going to eat for the day. And it might sound boring, but I, I love how it makes me feel. And when I make that choice to have a piece of birthday cake, the once a year or something, or a piece of pizza, or a, a, I don't eat hardly any bread. So very, that's very rare. But, you know, it's like I won't sleep well. I don't feel well. Um, I get bloated. I, all these things that now I remember how it makes me feel. And obviously it doesn't meet my my sub goal, and I know it doesn't meet my higher level goal. And I was really happy with my son when he had his birthday party here and they had a great time, had a whole bunch of boys over. And he's obviously a very unique individual. Lots of wrestlers are because they're, how they eat, their lifestyle, how they train. It's just, it's a very unique thing. It's just very unique that not a lot of people are willing to put in the dedication to. And one of the kids said to him, um, when he wasn't eating his cake, he said something like, oh yeah, Scotty, you've got to maintain that wrestler's body. And, you know, I felt really proud of him because he's going to inspire a lot of people by doing that, by making positive choices. I mean, especially children his age. I see many of his friends that are 
and I do not mean to be, to be disrespectful here, but are obesely overweight, that, that must have blood sugars in the 200s. And that is very, very dangerous. And to be honest, it's abusive as a parent to not try to get that in check. But guess what? I bet you the parents are the same way. And so I just, I want him to inspire people. I want to inspire people. That's what I want to do. And that is, that's always going to sometimes upset people too, but it is possible as Tasha knows. Well, and I know that, you know, kids can be very inspiring and encouraging to others. And, and, you know, coming from a family where we had our youngest son, Jordan, who did have a weight issue when he was younger and completely turned his life around. Now he's ripped and he works out six days a week and, you know, is a rock star. Um, some people chose to be inspired, encouraged by him. And some people also chose not to be his friend anymore um, because they didn't want to live that lifestyle. They wanted to kind of still eat and be sedentary like they were before. And we talked about it on this show and it's called proximity, proximity principle. And you should hang around the people you want to be like. And that is just in general, there's a lot of truth to that. So I'm going to defer over to Janet now with Janet. If you had one tip for the holidays about how you could certain things you could avoid during the holidays to, to be healthy, what would that be? Well, we kind of covered this before I leave all the junk at the store. Um, the other thing, and it's treating um, the holidays more like a, a normal day as far as how you're going to eat. Um, Sean and I work really hard about shopping the perimeter. So majority of the food that we um, are going to eat are um, going to be uh, fresh. Um, yes, we do have protein for sure um, with that, but I think it's the quality of food. Um, good food doesn't have to be processed. And um, one of the things that I think that um, Shane probably and Tasha can relate to is that when you are um, exercising or eating healthy food, it really actually tastes better. It does to me anyways. And so um, we just try to be very mindful of not putting in the shopping cart anything that can be a, a trigger or a, um, a something that can cause you to fall. So, you know, the game plan is for us is leave the cart clean and don't bring it home. Yeah. And let me add to that. I think some of the, and we've talked about it in this podcast many times before, but one of the biggest ways to make a difference in, in a weight a loss program or just maintain a healthy weight is to don't drink your calories. And I mean that in multiple ways. For instance, we can just start with fruit juices. Okay. Loaded with calories, loaded with sugar. I mean, a glass of orange juice, if you have a full glass of orange juice, like 12 ounces is 200 calories. Think about that. Um, and pure carbohydrates. So lots of sugar, probably going to spike your glucose, spike your insulin levels. Um, all the fruit juices and of course, soda, you know, sugared soda. And I'm guilty of drinking diet soda. I definitely am. It's one of my weaknesses. We're trying to be better about that at home. And we drink iced tea with stevia in it because I'm not a big water fan. I'll be honest with you, um, except when I'm racing and I still put some um, like a electrolyte solution in it usually. And so we're trying to be better about that. But, um, you know, the sugared, the sugared sodas, the, the energy drinks, um, you stay away from those. Those things are super high calories. 
Ang drinks and rinds are are like zero calories. Well, I mean that's true, but still, you can make a big argument that, um, you know, artificial sweeteners aren't good for you. So we we won't talk too much about that. But uh, I agree. Yeah, and so, but here's another one: alcohol. Alcohol is a culprit for so many people. When when somebody comes to me and they want to lose weight, I'll ask them. I'll ask them. So, do you drink alcohol? Yeah, but not much. Okay, how much do you drink? Oh, two beers a day, which usually two beers a day means four beers a day. And remember, a beer and beer anymore is not twelve ounces. A beer anymore is twenty two ounces. I mean, seriously, if you if you go out to a restaurant order a beer, which I'm not a big beer drinker at all, they'll ask you, you want a you know a pint with sixteen ounces or you want a twenty two ounce. Well, you know people that like beer; they order the twenty two ounce. So they're essentially drinking, you know. Three or four beers a night if they drink two of those. So, um, and that, you know, we're talking 500 plus calories already in alcohol alone just in the evening. And for somebody that's sedentary, that means one third of their calories of a total caloric um, uh, metabolic rate of 1500 calories a day, which for a sedentary person is, is actually probably. Um, a pretty good realistic expectation, maybe even lower than that if they're smaller. And and for some women, a lot of women that are sedentary don't burn a thousand calories a day. So they're drinking one third of their calories in alcohol a day. And then you'll get the comeback. Oh, well, no, I don't drink beer. I don't drink wine. You know, I drink, you know, I drink the low calorie drinks with just alcohol and diet soda in it with you know rum and diet coke okay fine you drink four of those there's 400 calories i mean so if that's the case that's still wasted calories and alcohol is a poison period so not only is it just a caloric problem it's a problem with your liver a problem with recovery from workouts and it does so many other negative things to your body so if there's one thing I can tell patients to stay away from or definitely in moderation, it's not like I don't drink alcohol. I think, you know, limit alcohol as much as possible. And if you were trying to lose weight, completely eliminate alcohol. And if you don't completely eliminate alcohol, then you don't want to lose weight very bad. That's my opinion. Shane, do you have any comments on that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and, you know, as any high caloric drink, it's just, it's just a wasted calorie. And I certainly have seen the, the growing, sizes of everything in our in our society including beer for example and i've never had a beer in my life i just don't like the taste and i frankly don't like being drunk so it's something that's not a vice for me i have other vices of course like we all do have faults but i certainly it's just certain that i, I just something stay away from i only eat about two thousand calories a day but everything i put in my mouth i know exactly what i'm putting in my mouth and i know what i'm going to do it i know what i'm going to have for dinner tonight I know what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow, most likely. Okay. I just know those things. It might sound boring, but it's a, and some people might say it's a bland diet, but I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. And so empty calories with drinking anything. I drink, I do drink lots of water, just water. I drink at least a gallon a day of water. So that's 128 ounces. Um, pre contest, I'll drink two to three gallons a day. So, yep. I never, my urine is never colored. It is always, and I'm going to the bathroom a lot. And so I uh, keep my kidneys very, very healthy by doing that. And so I drink lots of water. And especially with me, I tend to be on a fairly low carbohydrate diet. Remember what carbohydrates are. Carbohydrates are 
carbohydrates. So they absorb four times their mass in water. So for example, if you eat a pound, you, generally we have a, a, approximately 750 grams of carbohydrates in our body at all times, in our liver and in our muscles. And that is a, approximately, it's more than a couple of pounds. Okay. So let's just say that. So about that is, it's about a pound and a half, 750 grams. About a pound and a half. That's a hundred. You look at the glycogen stored in our thighs and glycogen stored in our liver. It's about a pound and a half, which is enough yes. for reserve for about an hour and a half of intense exercise without eating. Go ahead. Unless you turn that into ketones and burn fat. So that's, that's another issue. But um, the, the point of it is, is if you drink a lot of water, you won't even feel, feel well when you drink, when you, when you actually eat carbohydrates, because you're, it's going to just swell up. So if I eat lots of rice or something, I can immediately feel all swollen up. And, and so I just, water really, really is a key to keep me from overeating as well. But I really don't have a problem overeating. Believe it or not, I have a problem under eating. Ask anybody that knows me that's around me during the day and it'll get to be about 8 p.m. at night. And I'm like, crap, I need 50, 50 more grams of, of, of protein in me. And so I'll eat a chicken breast or some ground beef or maybe a protein shake um, um, at, at once in a while. So it just depends. But it's like, I know everything that goes into my body and it's only 2000 calories a day approximately. And that when you're eating three, three pounds of chicken, sometimes cal calculate that. That's not, that's a lot of, 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 of energy to put into your body. And so without a lot of calories, cause it's not wasted at all. So That's right. I just, I just don't want to put anything wasted in my body. I want it to be used. And for, for me, that's minimal carbohydrate, just some rice and once in a while, sweet potatoes or something like that. And other than that, it's, it's pretty much all protein and, and, and fat. Let me tell you my turkey meal. I'm, I, we've already planned it. And I plan it with my, with my boys and it's going to be a turkey. And um, I don't know how we'll cook it. I'll probably just in the oven, whatever. And then we're going to have sweet potatoes and we're going to have um, mac and cheese, cauliflower mac and cheese. So if you look at that whole meal there, um, we're talking, you know, a, a few carbohydrates from sweet potatoes, but obviously cauliflower mac and cheese, which is super good. I made it for the first time last week. It's amazing. So we're going to eat really healthy. And I asked my boys, I said, what do you want? What do you want for dessert? They didn't say anything, nothing. So we won't have dessert. We're just, we're just not big dessert eaters. So it's easy for us to say no to that stuff. So that's, that's our plan. But again, it's a, it's a very, very um, a specific plan that I'm saturated all the time. So I'm usually, I, I'm usually not eating enough is what usually happens. So that's great. Thanks for those tips, Shane. And um, as always, we are accepting callers. If anybody has any questions, any viewers, any listeners, 509-537-0411. We're taking callers. Any questions for Tasha or Shane, two experts in the field of, of nutrition? Um, Tasha, so let's move to the subject of exercise. I know you're you're a big gym fan, and of course Shane is too. And um, how do we fit exercise into the holidays? Do does it change? Does it should it change much? Should we exercise on Thanksgiving Day? How does that work? Here's my opinion on that. I think when it comes to the holidays, we have two months, right? And I think people kind of either make up their mind whether they're going to lose, maintain, or gain. Their mind's kind of already made up. My personal opinion is, is if you stick as close to your normal routine as possible, you're going to succeed for the two months. But if you start creating excuses for not getting in your 
your workout and not getting up at your normal time that you would normally go lift weights or do cardio and then days go by that you start not working out then i think at the the end of the two months you know ultimately you could pay the price on that but the bigger picture is is when you stop a routine that you're in it is super hard to get back into the routine so you let two months go by where you've kind of let your routine fizzle because you're shopping or there's holiday parties or um you know, whatever, come January 1st, you'll have a harder time kicking off the new year, getting right back into it. It takes people time to, to ease back into those, to those routines again. So I'm sure Shane uh, agrees with this is that, you know, the closer you stick to your um, program and your agenda and your habits and behaviors that you normally would, the more successful you're going to be during the holidays and the better you're going to feel. Absolutely. So Janet, what are your thoughts about exercising through the holidays? I, I tend to agree with what Tasha is saying and what Shane is saying that um, sticking to your routine, I think, is the biggest uh, tool that you'd have. Um, the other thing I think Tasha mentioned a little bit is about having the game plan. Because um, obviously we do have people in our lives that either they tempt us with and sometimes it can be because they like food so much um, or somebody that likes to have an extra drink with you i i think having a game plan is is something that i really um think tasha has nailed it that you know be prepared um don't just walk into it blindly and say it's not going to happen because it, it it's the holidays and people are getting together it's friends there's always that mix that's thrown into um and one thing i also learned from um our youngest son jordan and good for him that he chose to do this but you know many times his teenage friends would like meet up at uh you know like a taco bell or or someplace to to eat and he like shane ate before he went and just had a drink while he was there he still got to enjoy his friends that was the whole purpose of them gathering was so they could have you know communication with each other and and have friendship it wasn't just the food. So um, taking the food out of the um, mix made a big deal for him. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. And I think you need to be around people that are supportive of your way of eating. And that includes the alcohol. Um, and that includes just, you know, healthy eating in general. I know when I lost weight over 10 years ago now, I guess 10 years ago now, um, Janet was very supportive of me, even though she was not on the same program I was. Um, I remember one day I wanted to just blow my diet. I was just totally hungry and I wanted to blow my diet. And she's like, you know, don't do that. And, um, you know, so you need to be around people that are supportive and not, not wanting you to cheat or not wanting to cheat with you. And I think some people do that. It's kind of like with alcohol. Some people do that because they don't want to drink alone. Some people also do that with food because they don't want to eat alone. I imagine Tasha, um, you could speak to that a little bit more, um, about how, how people's habits play off other people's, especially when people have dealt with obesity. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, I definitely think that people do trigger people. And, um, you know, I think if you surround yourself by people who really support and encourage you, when, like you said, when you do want to derail, um, the more successful you'll be. I think if you have a friend who uh, she likes to drink a lot of alcohol, she's going to try to get you to drink some, whether you want to or not. And then you got, you know, the, 
the the low the low carb drinks right but they still got calories in them but they're only two net carbs i think it it throws people's perception off because it's like oh this is only two net carbs no it's 140 calories or 200 right. 200 calories no calories um i think there's such a misconception out there around that but i think if you truly have your friends that support you um and when you feel weak help to bring you up or or like Shane said you know think of your your bigger why you know why do you want this or why are you doing this the more support and success you're going to have I think if you have those family members um I can remember when I first had um bariatric surgery and and you guys know my sister and my brother are both bariatric so all three of us are bariatrics and I was super super strict and my sister was like seven years out and one time she said to me you know, gosh, you could live a little, you don't have to be this strict. But in my mind, I was just new out of bariatric surgery. I needed to be that strict because I had 36 years of bad habits and bad eating behaviors. So I needed to be that, that, that strict. But in her mind, she was seven years post-op. She had, she's already dialed in her habits and behaviors. She didn't remember in the beginning when, when you're trying to fix your brain from always wanting to gravitate towards what you knew for 36 years. And so it was that transition period. So we learned a lot from each other and we continue to learn a lot. But now that, you know, we're both, I'm seven and a half years post-op. And so she's, I think about 12 or 13, uh, we eat the same. We order the same types of, you know, if we stop by Starbucks, we order the same type of drink. You know, we, our food looks the same. The way we work our plate looks the same. And that wasn't always the case when she was bariatric and she had her surgery and she was losing all her weight. I was using food to soothe myself for whatever reason. So absolutely. I think people can trigger you or they can support you. But then I think the bigger picture is, is how do you allow that person to affect you? Because you also have that choice and you either give that person, you know, the power to empower you or you give them the power to help derail you. So that's also your choice. That's right. That's right. Thank you for that. So Shane, you talked about usually you eat about 2000 calories a day. Do you, do your, uh, does your diet change much on days that you work out? Uh, that's a good question. First of all, I want to get back to the net carb calculation thing. That is the biggest medical community scam and American association scam. It's like, okay, you can have 140 carbohydrates, but if there's 138 grams of fiber, there's two, two net carbs, baloney, diabetics don't believe it. Don't believe it. I'm telling you, you will never have your insulin numbers correct if you gr agree with net carbs. Okay. I just want to tell my rant right there. It is that <laughs> net carbs is crap. Okay. So, you know, I, we get back to this. It's like we talk about holidays and we talk about, well, would you work out on a holiday? And, and I think about this. I think about um, all the people I've surrounded myself with and, and people who I've removed from my life, even recently, and people I've kept in my life. And there's a big difference between those people. And sometimes we have to remove toxic people in our life that don't support the lifestyle that we want. But, okay, where are you going to work out on a holiday? Here's what I thought, uh, thought of. Of course, I do what I love. So I, but you know those people that always have to have that beer at 4.30 every day? Guess what they love? They love their beer. I, I love working out. I love how it makes me feel. I, I look forward to it. Not always, of course. I'd be lying if I always looked forward to it. I can tell you this. What I tell people about working out and going to church, it's all the same. 
I have never, and I'm a scientist, so I do not use the word never very often. I have never gone to a workout or gone to church and regretted it later. Never. And those are probably the only two things that I probably never regretted. Okay. And so, so it's, it's one of those things where you just have to make those choices on what do you love and what do you decide to put in your life. And it's such a habit for me that I'll probably die the, the, the day after I lift or work out or something. So it's, it's just a good habit. And it's a good way to die. I hope I die in the gym. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's a, that would be great under like a 350 pound bench press or something. Why not? <laughs> this is all I got to say. I came into this world fat, bald, and peeing my pants. I'm not going out that way. That's exactly right. Me either. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember. I kind of got orthogonal there. What was your actual question there, Sean? Oh, yeah, I know. You always dance around it and go on. I do. <laughs> so actually. I had to comment on the net carb thing. It just drives me fatty. Oh. Yeah. Right. Um, no, on do you, does your diet change on the days you work out? And I was going to ask Tasha the same thing. So go ahead, Shane. Yeah, so my diet does slightly change on the days I work out. And again, as a, as a as a bodybuilder, I don't want to be painted with just that brush because I'm a disciple, a father, a powerlifter, a scientist, an entrepreneur, all these other things. But I do do bodybuilding, and I think anybody who lifts to try to make their bodybuilder body better is a bodybuilder. They may never step on stage. I may never step on stage again. But I'm still, I'll always consider myself a bodybuilder. Are my, is my diet different on the days that I don't work out? Yes, it is. So usually what I'll do is I'll, remember, I only, I usually, I do cycle my carbs. So I'll have 75 grams of carbs on a normal day. And then about every fourth day, I'll have about 200 grams of carbs. And that, what you're trying to do is you're trying to, I know it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it should work, but it does. Okay. And I, I give kudos to my, my uh, bodybuilding friend and coach, Brad Hollybaugh there, because I didn't think it would work, but it does. And that's only good carbohydrates. I don't drink stuff. I don't eat Starburst. I don't eat candy just to get carbs in my diet. You're talking rice and sweet potatoes, maybe some brown rice too. Nothing processed. Okay. But I'll, I'll cycle them. So like every fourth or fifth day, then I'll go up to 200 grams of carbohydrates. But if I, like for recently, and the reason you do that is it's trying to confuse your body and it's getting you metabolically flexible. So you can use carbohydrates, fat, and even protein as fuel. And that, so it's always going to confuse your body because what they've shown is sometimes people that go on some low carbohydrate diets, they stall and their body may go into hormonal transitions. I still don't think we understand it, but it, it's it's functional for me. It does happen that you, your body just stalls. And so if you can kind of confuse it with more, a little bit more good carbohydrates, only good carbohydrates, then you can cycle that in. I The, the last, so let's see, it was about Tuesday of last week, and I do cycle my workouts too. And I was just not feeling, my body was a little bit worn down. I hadn't taken a break in a while. And I was like, you know what? I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm like, I'm going to take until Monday off. And so I had to fine tune my diet. And what I said to myself is I'm going to go almost zero carbohydrate for four or five days. And I did that. And then I, I, I bumped my carbohydrates back up today to, again, try to get that metabolically metabolic flexibility on letting my body use fat versus protein versus carbohydrates as, as, as fuel. And I can tell you this, I, I felt really good on Mon today, on Monday, and I do a mirror check every single day. You know, most bodybuilders probably do. And I actually looked really, really good. And so um, 
it's good to take time off, but yes, I do depend on how I train. I do modify my work, my um, eating way of eating appropriately. Cool. Well, speaking of mirror check, after we got back from Nashville celebrating our 50th birthday, I did a mirror check and decided that I wanted to make some changes to my diet. And I will tell you that, um, you know, just in the two weeks that I've been doing that, I just feel so much better. And, you know, I think we can all, you know, um, you know, relate to, you know, we have seasons in our life, whether we train or whether we race or whether we do events or not, we can't always be in peak form all the time. So um, I think it is important to kind of have a little bit of an off season. That doesn't mean that you should go crazy and, you know, um, you know, overindulge too much. But I do think that kind of like what you were saying with metabolic flexibility, and that's kind of what seasons do to us is that, you know, it changes our body a little bit to not get um, so stuck in a certain way of, of using fuel. So, um, Tasha, what do you do around eating around your workouts? So when I first started lifting, I, I was a big macro counter. Like I was logging everything into my fitness pal. My macros were set. I had my workout max, my non-workout max. Uh, now I being seven and a half years out and being a coach and, and trying to teach others. The biggest question I get post bariatrics is I don't know how to eat. Like they don't know how to eat. And after bariatric surgery, it's hard to get in protein. It really is. It's, it's really easy to kind of eat slider foods, the fats, the carbs, mm. they go down easier. Yeah. Protein's harder to eat. So I developed an eating structure uh, that I coach my clients on. And, and I pretty much eat to that because after breakfast, lunch, and dinner, when I'm putting, according to my eating structure, four ounces of protein per meal. And by the time I put some vegetables and healthy carbs on my plate, and maybe a shake and maybe a snack, I'm full. There's there's not a lot of room there to continue um, to eat, right? Uh, the other thing is too, is post-bariatrics a little bit different, is if I'm eating to a number, is that going for my why or am I just fitting stuff in to fit them in? And and I know, um, you know, Shane can talk scientifically about this is, is, when I'm coaching, I have to coach to the behavior of here's what our, I call it the winner's plate should look like. This is how we should be eating. Now, if I get back into heavy training like I was and, you know, um, you know, more kind of going, I really love powerlifting, kind of going back on that side. Absolutely. I'm going to have to do something different to have the energy to pull that weight. Um, but as of right now, I just lift to lift because I love it. I like it. Um, and I eat this way because it keeps my habits and behaviors in check. And it's really the way of eating that makes me feel good. I'm not bloated. Um, you know, I feel good about my choices. I'm very structured with it. You know, I just ate an egg bake before your show, um, you know, and, and it was four ounces of protein. I stick so that I don't stretch my stomach. So right now I pretty much am, am level in the way that I eat. But like I said, if I get back into power, because we just got our gym. We just got our gym up That's and going. Nice. I have a lot of plates now. I have over 800 pounds of plates. So if I get back into um, the heavy lifting, then absolutely I'll be just like Shane is and have to probably count macros again to keep me in check to do that. So that means – 
so Jan, I'm going to go with you now. So um, what do you think our Thanksgiving is going to look like? Are we going to start watching football at 10 o'clock in the morning and, and crack the champagne open and, and drink all day? Or do you think we'll be doing any workouts on, on Thanksgiving Day? Um, living with Sean, there's going to be a workout, but that's okay. <laughs> I just looked um, at it. My coach just pre- <laughs> my coach just prescribed a workout Thanksgiving Day. Hour and 26-minute tempo ride. <laughs> it's, it's Can't okay. wait. Right. No, it's okay. Um, so I think it's a mindset about how you have um, taught yourself about what exercise does for you. I think it's not just about um, maintaining weight. It's, it's also about your mental health too. Um, because um, I think that when you work out, you also clear your mind of things that aren't important to you. So if if you think that somebody's going to trick you or trip you up on something um, or you're frustrated about something, that's the time that you kind of work through issues. And it also stimulates a lot of neurotransmitters in our brain that are very healthy for us. So um, I think sticking to your normal routine of exercise during the holidays is is probably very helpful. Um, I personally have found it very therapeutic because not only does your body feel better, but when you're done, your whole outlook of your day is different. Um, it's a far more positive feeling. So I, I think we're going to be working out just because I live with Sean too, but um, there's, there's more to it than just the, you know, moving your body. I, I think there's um, more pleasure to your workout once you're in it and you're doing it. And I'm not saying there isn't times where it's like, uh, I want to put this off, but once, once you've started, there's no going back. So yeah, we're going to be working out. I think we will. And it is super fun to have a spouse that you can work out with. Uh, it's very motivating for both of us because um, it's harder for me not to do it if if she's going to do it also. So it, it is really cool that we do that. Janet, how do you, how does your diet change around your workouts? Being an endurance athlete, does your diet change depending on your workouts? Certainly. So for us, if, if we have... Um three or four hour ride on a bike, we obviously have to increase the amount of fluids we are drinking as well as the carbs that we are eating, but it still comes down to clean foods. Um, so it's not like it gives us a, a, you know, blank check blank to start just loading up on carbs. Um, and I, I think on days two that we have off, we, we, um, take that in mind too, that you're not loading yourself with, um, extra calories that. I think it's really important. Shane talked about cycling your diet. I, I, you know, I cycle my diet around my workouts a lot because my workouts vary from, you know, a half hour long to, you know, four hours long. And if it's a long race, it could well be up to 10 hours long. And obviously you have to change your diet based on that. And I will say this too, being an endurance athlete during a race you know, Janet talked about eating clean carbs. Nah, during a race, you don't eat clean carbs at all. <laughs> you eat whatever you can, and a lot of it is just pure sugar, pure gels, um, pure carbohydrate. And if you get to an aid station with Coca-Cola or something like that, it's very refreshing. But you are burning that stuff too. So it's really hard to eat clean when you are when you have a long, long race or workout. You really can't eat real food it's really difficult because if you're trying to eat you know let's say you 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 know you're burning i usually on my races i'll burn upwards of about 1200 calories an hour with the intense ones and think about that if you're trying to keep up 
Imagine if you're eating bananas. A banana has 100 calories. Uh, yeah, that ain't going to happen. You couldn't eat 12 bananas an hour. Not that you could even eat 1,200 calories an hour and actually absorb it, especially at that intensity. Usually it's only about – at that intensity, you, you're lucky to absorb 200 calories an hour. Um, so you, you do – you have to be realistic about what you're doing. And I think this eating around your workouts is very, very important. So so I'm going to end up with two questions with, or one question for each of you. Tasha, you first. What fires you up about what you do? I, I didn't have any help. So I get to help uh, hundreds of women. I have 153 in my membership right now. Lose weight. And the bigger thing about that is they're changing their lives. And so many of us have lived so many years miserable and, and being ashamed of who we were and really not living out our full potential and hiding behind the shell. You know, and then when we shed the weight, it's like this beautiful butterfly comes out because you can be who you always envisioned yourself to be. And so that's what I love because I it's not just that they're losing weight. It's everything else that I hear that they're doing. They're going to the gym and working out by themselves. They have a better relationship with their spouse. Um, you know, they have a better relationship with their kids They're teaching their kids about nutrition. It's everything else that comes about it because I'm seeing them truly live the life that they envisioned just hiding behind, you know, a shell of fat, really, we, we hid. And so that's what I love. And, you know, every week I have more and more people join my program and I'm bringing on two more coaches and, um, you know, I, we truly get to make, uh, I'm not going to say we make it, they make the changes. We just encourage it. And I teach them a different way to, to think. Awesome. I love it, Tasha. You're really changing people's lives. That's really inspiring. Thank you for doing that. All right, Shane, you next. Now, we're limited this time to a one-hour podcast on a two-hour podcast, so be careful with your answer. What fires you up about what you do? You know, that's a great question. And Tasha, certainly that is inspiring for what you're doing. And I just appreciate the opportunity. What fires me up about what I do? And I have to say, I do whatever it takes. And I can't be painted with one brush. I've probably never been able to be painted with one paint brush. I'm, I already mentioned this, but I'm a disciple. I'm a father, an entrepreneur, a scientist, a bodybuilder, a podcaster, a powerlifter, um, nutritionist, self, you know, self-taught nutritionist. I'm so many different things that I think is awesome to support the vision that I have of of leaving a legacy for my children and glorifying God every day. And my mission to support that vision is inspiring as many people as possible every day. And then I, I have sub goals of all those things and how I do that. And that's how I live my life. And I, I am truly living an American dream. I never thought that at my age and where I'm come from and my background that I would have the life that I have. And I'm just very, very grateful in this Thanksgiving week um, to, to, to inspire, to, you know, just to to also teach, to be a father, to be so many different things. I'm just truly, truly grateful. So that's what I would say. That's my that's what gets me up in the morning and gets me fired up is just to continue to inspire. Awesome. I love it, Shane. Love you too, brother. And um that is our podcast for the day. And our goal for the for our, for this podcast is what fires us up is that we get to educate and empower consumers all day long about their health. And um, I think 
over the long run, I, I, I don't think it's an easy thing to do. And people real people think that it's, it's, uh, you know, it can be overwhelming, but with, with, with guests like Shane and, and Tasha on today, I hope to make it much easier for you guys. So, um, again, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Be thankful. You know, um, comment on our Facebook page. Comment on this on this uh, on this podcast about what you're thankful for. Uh, we we would really we really like that. That would in- definitely encourage us. So, thank you for listening. Tune in Wednesday, eight to nine a.m. Pacific Standard Time with Dr. Daniel Paul. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thanks for listening.